It's Magnum Podcast. I'm Jason Snell, and I'm joined, as always, by David J. Lohr and Philip Michaels. Although it might not be Philip Michaels, it might be some new Phil with a mustache. <laughs> Hi, guys. Lemon? <laughs> J- Jason, my name is Gopher, your ship's purser. Oh, good. Welcome! <laughs> To the love boat, not for sale. The love for sale or... boat, season oh, five, wait. episode seventeen. San Francisco, Reno, oh, Long oh, Beach, Nans now... Ports All, and this, Lemons. This introduces a segment. Oh. <laughs> Is this the wow. earliest we've introduced a segment? Probably. Because you know, I I still think back to watching time after time and discussing it. Can you tell us if this is accurate to San Francisco geography? Um, well, there's a, there's a stock uh, shot of the Golden Gate Bridge that seems accurate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's about all I got. Okay. I mean, you can I rent mean, a I... car. You can rent a car and drive from San Francisco to Reno. You might have been able to fly it. Sir Thomas certainly could have flown from Reno to the L.A. area instead of driving. I wonder if he went down 395, Phil, or if he went mm. back down I-80 and then down I-5 <laughs> and over the grapevine to get to Or if he, used I-90, or if he used uh, I, State Highway 99. Yeah, Highway 99 through Bakersfield oh. is another way to go. But I don't know, Save 395. I've done that. 395 might be a better way to go if it's not the dead of winter. Mm. I've actually done 99 through Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. Well, great segment, David. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I here's mean, your I, lemon. I've, here's your I've lemon. got I'm to gonna do throw what I can. Head. <laughs> I've got to do what I can to delay the actual I think episode. Ju- ju- just as Willie Stargell used to hand out stars to the 1979 <laughs> Pittsburgh Pirates for a great play, we should now hand out lemons for just and, digressions oh, and, and, I and will diversions. Say, I will say, I have always said, when life gives you lemons, fling them at someone's head. <laughs> I agree. I guess. Right? Okay. It, it makes oh, you feel but, better. But perhaps we're saying too much. <laughs> so I, I'm i going to take it on the chin for this one. I suggested oh. the Love for, for Sale boat. And in my defense, mm-hmm. on magnum-mania.com, the official Bible of Magnum Podcast, the episode <laughs> brief for the Love for Sale, not only is oh. the title funny, but the episode brief sounds like it might be a good episode. You see, Jim MacBonic is back, and he takes Rick for a ride by, quote, selling him a luxury boat and three beautiful geishas. But some angry Yakuza businessmen and the boat's actual owners aren't exactly pleased with the deal. Now, I thought this was going to be kind of a wacky episode where <laughs> there's sort of like crisscrossing gangsters and confusion and, 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 and you know, Rick is has got this boat that he doesn't want and it's all part of a scheme. And you know what? Even as I describe it, it sounds like I'm describing the actual episode, but I assure you it's not nearly as fun as any of that description. The Yakuza sounds like a good episode. Yeah, I know. Right. I I feel like (laughs) there's a good, if one, if one that was composed by Mad Lib, like they were doing a Mad Lib (laughs) in the writer's room. Literally there is a moment in this episode where the, where there, where we think, Oh man, uh, that that guy Kanky, uh, he's a real bad dude, and he's gonna he and his his two thugs, the guy who is a proper thug, and the guy who is apparently flunked out of Teppanyaki school and now uses a cleaver <laughs> to attack people, um, or phones. Uh, the, the, these guys are going to be the baddies for the episode, and then they disappear for three quarters of the episode. <laughs> why? Why? I mean, 
I, it's a real if, turducken of an episode, right? Yeah. There, there's, there's if, Mac is on the inside, <laughs> and Ice Pick is in the middle, and then the the Yakuza are on the outside. That's how this episode is structured. It's a turducken. Now, if you with recall, a lemon, the lemon is actually in with the, the lemon. The lemon is in the center. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, if you recall, when you said "I've got it," the love for sailboat. I think I made a, a, a mm-hmm. sound mm-hmm. like like the wailing and moaning of a thousand souls dying. Um, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, a, it was a moan. Yeah, but at that point yeah. I was committed. Um, so it, because, I, it didn't oh, and it's not like I talked. I, out and I didn't say a thing because I want to give Jason my ceremonial Blair hat. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, that's right. You're exactly. the Blair right. now, Blair. buddy. <laughs> I am. I am. I suggested this episode, and it was because it, it's it's bad. Although I, to be fair, about twenty minutes in, I texted you both and said I apologize for this. <laughs> yes, and and that was a um, low point because I think. Look, there it are some does absurd. Not get worse. It, there are some. It does not get worse from there. <laughs> it, it starts out real bad, and then it kind of, not quite. You know, it doesn't ever bring itself back up to anything but bad. But it does <laughs> not get worse, and there are some nice moments at the end. It yeah. is. It is. It totally. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Yes. Like, if, and you're asking yourself, well, friends, you're you're asking yourselves, well, look, well, you can't mean like the most ridiculous Magnum PI ever gets, because the most ridiculous Magnum PI ever, ever gets is not the nuns not working on Sunday, and it's no. not the uh, the bird flying up into the nope. into the chopper blades. It's TC rubbing his hands together and looking at the camera and nodding, which happens at the end of this well, episode. See- See that I was gonna say when when we were when we were texting before, and I said I found one redeeming thing. Uh-huh. It's that this episode exists so that that gif so can that exist. that gif can exist. Oh yeah, it does. And so, I'm okay with that. So it's yeah. peak ridiculous Magnum is what I'm it, saying. It's it's yeah. there are some goofy moments. Yes, <laughs> that are um, pleasantly goofy moments. I should say yeah. that are. Oh yeah. Offset by the horrible racism. Horrible racism. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, we'll man. get there. We'll get there. I did. I, I, I hadn't mentioned the horrible racism yet because I was trying to trying to keep it light as long as That's I could. Right. Thanks That's for breaking right. the seal there, Phil. No so problem. Let's, let's just let's talk about <laughs> well, all the. Thought all I'd the crack things. open the well, Ark of the Covenant yeah. and all our, of our faces let's, could let's, melt. Let's talk about the, the, the good well, stuff so, that's in here. Let's talk about the good well, stuff that's in there. First off, there is a because tone again all over the place. There is a Saturday Night Live level oh. bit where magnum goes to various rental car counters and talks on the phone to to tc back in hawaii and the rental car counters only change in who the rental car agent is and what the posters are up on the wall but they all have a bowl of lemons <laughs> as if lemon was some, uh, a fruit you would offer someone and they all offer a lemon yeah. to magnum it's weird I, and i, I kind of like can it explain the lemon thing I and think the, I oh, yeah, explain yeah it. no because the cars are lemons? I think so. The, the only lemons you'll get from us are the lemons we hand you when you rent That's a That's exactly okay. it. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Yep. All right. Yep. You're, so, you've worked so I, think, I mean, it's a totally useless thing to hand someone because, <laughs> well, oh, thank thank well, God I was going to zest something. Well, I'm going to squeeze so, this into a drink uh, or something. I, yeah. I, so here's the bit that gets me is that. Rusty nail you know, that I needed a twist <laughs> for. How Jesus. many places have you traveled where you get fruit and you come home? And did you bring the fruit home with you? Probably not. Probably not. Did you collect the fruit and bring all of it home with you? Well, if your house is invaded by Yakuza, maybe you should bring yeah. the lemons with you. Bring the you. lemons. 
because that works. So so that that is the 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 capper on the whole thing. This is, is season is he, five, so mm-hmm. it's 1984? 1985. Uh, February 85, okay. yeah. So this is just about the time that the fruit fly roadblocks had been taken down Day. in California. Mm. Uh, we, we used to have fruit a fruit fly problem here, and you could yeah. actually not take fruit from area to area. Yeah, it's true. I and, remember. Uh, it's just those, and so what, I'm imagining those, Magnum yeah. taking his lemons from... Yeah. Uh, different towns around California and uh, being I, accosted by the police. I mean, I, I still remember driving th- this. That is actually uh, 1986 is when I drove through Bakersfield. And I remember getting, we got stopped at the border of California they don't, and, and got a long interrogation about, are you bringing any citrus? Are you yeah. sure? You seem to have coolers. They don't, they don't want the, the fruit flies. In you the, look yeah. like a citrusy kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Or, Zesty. They, yeah. They it's that, it's that Florida childhood, so, you know? Mm-hmm. So, the payoff is that Magnum, Magnum takes the bowl of lemons in Hawaii and uses them to throw <laughs> things at the Yakuza uh, guys, which is is funny. Like, well, I mean, I don't know what one weakness. It's yeah. A, <clears throat> it's yeah, citrus. Yeah, you get it. You'd think that the teppanyaki oh, chef lemon. would be immune, but no, he's not. No, that's show, that's show why he a, flunked out. Show me a man with a cleaver. I'll show you a man who will be felled by lemon. <laughs> okay, so that that's a that's not a bad bit. There is a very weird scene where Magnum goes to the house of the lady in Los Angeles who thinks that he's going to stretch out her legs and yeah. it turns out that she reveals that Mac like suffice to say the plot is that Mac Mac cons Rick who is the most gullible person in the world into buying a boat that Mac doesn't own. And then, uh, and he does it by borrowing money from Ice Pick, who's going to break both his legs. And the 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 there are three women who are uh, Japanese women who are supposedly enslaved by the yakuza. They're the property of the yakuza, and so he's in trouble with everybody. But and we'll get to again. Hold on for the racism. Um, I mean, it's th- this is the Magnum equivalent of a Benny Hill sketch. Yeah, yeah but in fact, it is. In fact, one of the first times we see Mac in Hawaii, I wrote down, why is he dressed like Benny Hill? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, there's, I mean, you, you there, there, this is the one of the most ridiculous Magnum episodes, I think. The, uh, the scene in L.A. is, um, again, I think is super weird but funny. And, it, of course, once again, it's like a comedy sketch, and it ends on the punchline, like, aren't you going to stretch out my legs? But Magnum's already gone at that yeah, point. Yeah, J- Jason, I saw a lot of, Movies in the 1980s. I thought that scene was going in an entirely different uh, direction yeah. than the mm-hmm. one that it went in. I'm not going to uh, introduce a new segment where Phil no. is a spokesperson for a no, certain industry. For, for an industry. <laughs> no. An old, an old bit that we've retired. We retired. Well, you know. <laughs> uh, so, another thing that I think is good oh. in this episode is Higgins. Because one of the bits, so the, so the, they're the women who are the property of the Yakuza, who are then like, they think they're the property of Mac and all of that. Um, Higgins, so I'm sitting there thinking, oh, it's the funny, it's the funny enslavement. Oh, <laughs> hilarious. And it still does the thing that is not hilarious, which is um, that people, that, that these three women could have been enslaved for their entire lives and think, and think it's fine until the the Englishman explains the that it's not Englishman exactly. However, I will say it is awfully nice that w- as I'm gritting my teeth through all of this, Higgins basically walks into the episode and says, "No, this is terrible. They're enslaved. <laughs> they have rights. They should not. They don't belong to anybody." And it's like Higgins is like picked up the episode and is shaking it by the lapels, like, <laughs> "No, it's not and- acceptable." 
And I love that in the middle of all this, in the middle of this ridiculous episode, he and TC have a philosophical argument about the Magna Carta versus mm-hmm. the Emancipation yes. Proclamation. And it's yes. just, that is a beautiful moment. Yes, because te- of course Higgins goes back to the Magna Carta and he says, I must teach them the foundations before we can move on. And he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, man, Higgy baby. But And they have that whole, that, the, yeah, hilarious in, in the middle of this ridiculousness. Which, er- which ends with one of my favorite Roger, Roger E. Mosley oh, line reads yes. of this episode. In your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Make that a gift, oh. folks. Oh. Instead of it's Roger, he mostly rubbing his hands together. Make it <laughs> make it him yelling at Higgins about sure. the Magna Carta. Sure. The the um where the where the episode goes too far in terms of the the comedy tone being ridiculous is there's that line where they where Rick is like Rick has realized he's been completely uh fooled by Mac, which is hilarious because everybody knows Mac's a con man, and yet the con man fooled Rick. Um <laughs> Rick he points out that that Mac ran off to San Francisco and they say, Rick, how do you know he went to San Francisco? And he says, I drove him to the airport. Dumb, dumb, dumb. <laughs> and it's like that. It's like God. this super broad, like like what are you there's a lot yeah. there, there's there, there's a lot of dumb, segments where dumb. Um, where Larry Minetti is grabbing his head. And, oh yeah, Larry yeah. Minetti, who who has let's how shall I phrase this? He his acting skills are need to be carefully deployed. He, for yeah. it, he has he has a very particular set of skills. Yes, just, and this just, is not and them. very few. <laughs> yeah, just, just as the um, King Kamehameha Club softball team. Uh, puts Rick in a very specific <laughs> position in the batting order. So must Larry Manetti's yes. uh, uh, thespian skills be deployed. Just gotta be, just gotta be, he's got his good moments. He put him in that suit with the horses and stuff, and he does mm-hmm. he does fine. He's but great. Yeah. but this this bit is not is not that great. No, not I mean, not, as, not really good for French farce. I don't think. No, like, I remember watching it at the time and being annoyed. And which is why I made the sound when you suggested it. Yeah. And, you know, and but watching it this time, <clears throat> there is a good idea for an episode in here. Yeah. But they would never have made it. Right. Because, you know, part of part of it seems to be, hey, let's give Tom Selleck a little bit of time off. You know, it's like when mm-hmm. you'd have a Doctor yeah. Who where it focuses on the companion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He, this is like a two day work week for Tom yeah. Selleck instead of a, a seven day, six day. Tom work needs week. to go do but, some promotional work for High Road to China or, or some <laughs> such thing. Maybe so. Yeah. But but the thing to me that seems like would be funny uh, would have been if we follow Magnum on the wild goose chase. Where he's doing uh, the detective work, and every time he calls to check in, the situation in Hawaii has gotten much more ridiculous. Increasingly ridiculous. Right? That would be and, good, too. And the fact that we see every step of it getting ridiculous means it's not that ridiculous. No. And they don't really, you know, it's fine. And like I and, said- And yes, the I, rental I think, car thing is a funny gag. I think- I'm the, not knocking it, the, but- the, the bit that, the idea that there's the there's Ice Pick and the Yakuza and the con man and whoever owns the boat yeah. and the three women, like you can see the farce there, right? Except and it just doesn't do it. It never no. connects. No. And and it doesn't entirely make sense. No, it doesn't. Whereas, they try. They try. Whereas, Mac, Mac has a whole speech at the end where he tries to make the plot make right. sense. And, nice mm-hmm. try. Nice try. And, and like if if that if you only get that in little bits and pieces, it doesn't have to make sense, right? 
if you're just like he right. calls and he goes, "What do you mean there are yakuza?" Right. And right. What's because this? you you, ima- you imagine there's information that's omitted, yeah. but it, that can't happen. Yeah. Well, so and again, I'll so, say I, I really yeah. I do like that scene in L.A. with the where she thinks he's an aerobics yes. instructor and she and he she's like, "Oh, Eddie, why didn't you say so?" Because that's his alias. And he says, "There's a guy who's named after a gun. Was it Derringer? Was it Remington?" And it's he's like, "No, it's Magnum." And she's like, "Yeah, that creep Magnum." And he's like, "You know, a well, real well, turkey." Yeah. yeah, that was not a yo-yo. Do you know him? Yeah. Kind of. Well, yeah. sort of. Uh, but the, you know the comedy bit that doesn't work in this episode is Magnum missing the fishing boat. Uh, it's no, they no. like they do it once yeah. and it's like womp womp womp. Well, that wasn't funny. At least at least it's over. No, it's not over. No. It happens two more times. <laughs> and and then there's a steeplechase scene where they <laughs> no. what. Uh, no. the, uh, yeah, at the end they come in and it's the boat and it comes in and they're, they're holding up like a couple big fish and we're supposed to, I guess, feel something for Magnum in that moment. No, I feel yes, nothing for Magnum. Magnum the freeloader I mean, didn't get to freeload for once no. in his life. Oh no. I mean, <laughs> oh, the, the, the first time, the gag doesn't work the first time, mm. but his take to the camera does. Sure. Because sure, his the, take the, always works. What they're trying to do, though, is make this poignant, like, Magnum never gets to go see a Tigers game. Yeah. Right? Which, which yeah. actually, I think about that sometimes, and it that legitimately makes it, it makes me sad. Whereas yeah, yeah. Magnum doesn't get to go on, on a boat with a bunch of rich jerks. Uh, <laughs> uh, where, where he has to answer to the name Wong. Yes. Oh, hey, okay. Mr. Wong. Which, which brings us okay. oh, to no. the racism. Um, oh, boy. Uh, not, so, a, not a new segment, so, no. Okay, okay. Whenever I see one of these episodes that's kind of puzzling, where characters don't really make sense, I always look at the writers. Yeah. These are writers who wrote exactly one episode of Magnum. They wrote episodes of a couple of other things. Eight is Enough. They wrote a Trapper John M.D. Murder, she wrote. Murder, she wrote. They wrote the pilot for Remo Williams, the TV version, which is, if anything, even worse and more racist than the t- than the film Remo Williams, oh, wow. um, where you have Joel Gray in Yellowface. Uh, they replaced him with Roddy McDowell in Yellowface. Oh, good. So it's like, mm, yeah, that explains a little bit. Just a little bit. But yeah. and, and I think it's it's a married couple and I think the, the wife in the couple is, is Japanese. Japanese based on her name. Yep. And you know, it's oh it's well, again, just so weird again, watching this. I think I think that probably they made themselves feel better by thinking, well, like we're like Higgins. The important exactly. thing yeah. is to explain to these three women that they shouldn't want to be slaves because as the one line is like, well, our, uh, we don't want to dishonor our father who sold us into slavery. So we will continue. To, it's like, <laughs> like first off, first off, the premise is enslaved people don't understand that it's bad until you tell them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, oh, I mean, sure. that right there was. Sure. Enough. Right. And it is the whole, yeah. I mean, like, like I said, three beautiful geishas. Like the whole premise here, even though, even though, again, the show sort of shies away from it and has it be like, well, they give massages and they're just very, again, playing into all those tropes. They are the, the, um, the. Oh, you the, have a little room yeah, that the, makes rain. <laughs> the Asian, the Asian, Asian woman who is subservient, right? It's playing into all of those. Uh, all of those cultural stereotypes that are going on here, but they do they they back off of it because it's network TV. You know the implication, especially from the title of the episode, is that they're prostitutes, 
but they Which, the show's not going to do that. So yeah. instead, they're just very aggressive massagers. Yeah. Um, and, and again, they do the they do the thing where Higgins reads them about the Magna Carta. It leads to a very funny moment at the end where one of the girls says Magna Carta as she punches one of the Yakuza guys. Yeah. Like that's funny, but it is just so bad. Like it's so Oriental, you know, Orientalist, right? Where it's the like, exoticism. oh, they're so exotic and they're subservient yeah. women, I, they, but we they, can they, we can educate them. Ugh. They even do the thing that I that I hate with the incidental music, where it's it, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and oh. I mean, when when we watched it in the eighties, and uh, by the end of the episode, my brother just walked out of the room, going, "You've got to be taught to hate and yeah. fear." And I'm just like, "That's dark." Thank the, you. The uh, it's the it's the. In fact, they 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 uh, do that with the Higgins theme, Phil. So it's. It's bad, yeah. folks. So look, no, last I, week we said don't watch it. Okay, last yeah. week we said don't watch it. <laughs> I, I, I I'm sorry that I suggested it. <sighs> the summary suggests an episode that could have been good. This episode is real broad. It's got some funny bits in it, and then it's got a lot of stuff where you go, oh no, don't yeah. know. I mean, I mean, I. I like the idea of the guys being tied up, and Zeus and Apollo are the ones who answer the oh, phone. Oh, I didn't even they, mention they, they untie, no, that is, Zeus, Zeus Apollo they untie the phone. ropes. It's this is in is this episode. Oh yeah, my God. That's a great bit. And that's beautiful. They're Zeus tied up right now, Magnum. We're all tied up right now. Uh, yeah, you, you should know. be a little more specific um, about that, Higgins. But it does. Mm-hmm. And when the dog finally drops the phone at the end, and Magnum gets to the dial tone, the dog drops the phone and goes. Like oh no, I dropped the phone. I didn't mean to. Oh, I, I, I do like the the where are you, Magnum? I'm at the airport. Yeah, and all lemons. I could think was, don't go to the men's room. No, don't go to the men's room. Whatever you <laughs> oh, do. Oh God. I, I will say the the horribleness of this episode did give me a chance to explain to my daughter um, that in the 1980s, <laughs> popular culture was simply terrified of Japan. Simply, yes. oh, they're gonna they're gonna overtake the United mm-hmm. States and ruin us and all these. Really horrible pieces of work that um, that uh, permeated yeah. things, and the, well, they may like, uh, yeah, it was just in the eighties. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In the eighties, po- popular culture and American culture in general was terrified of Germany and Japan. Yes, yeah, Japan got the race, the real easy racism out of it, mm-hmm. right? Like Germany, what you got is you get like Alan Rickman be, having a German accent and Die Hard, right? It's stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or t- take that, Klaus. And- yeah. Say, uh, yeah. say I lovable villains. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, say suave. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the funny thing is, Okay, like we've we've had the we had the the little guy and the sumo wrestler, right? I mean, there there have been lots of interesting combinations in Magnum PI. I I actually I like Cam Fong as Kanki. I think he get he's in yeah. one scene, but he's pretty good. Kanki's he's nephew, really good. Kanki's nephew. I really like that that guy. Like looks looks kind of like threatening businessman. He, he actually was a, he was a menacing he is, guy. Yeah. He's good. He is. He's one of those it's that guys in 70s and 80s action yeah. shows. So, He's George Keech Young. Yeah. He's great. Yeah, so those guys are both good and then the and uh, you know given what they're given, but they are they are good at yeah. their performances. And I yeah. got to say the other guy like I kind of I mean it is it is broad on a like Austin Powers level broad, <laughs> but the idea that he used to be a a teppanyaki chef and he still has a cleaver that he's going to chop you with 
I mean, it's kind of funny. And when he does the little chop chop uh, with his cleaver on the on the little curled up phone cord, I was like, well, that's a I mean, that's it's not a character, but there's a joke there. That's OK. Yeah. Um, my, my son looked but, up and uh, went R.I.P. phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I mean, again, trying. Uh, actually, my favorite thing about the whole episode may be the fact that on magnum-mania.com, you read who the guest stars are, and you think you think that you're losing it because the final four guest stars are Rental Car Agent Number One, Rental Car Agent Number Two, <laughs> Rental Car Agent Number Three, and Rental Car Agent Number Four. Uh, but oh, that's what oh. it is. And you also have Bob Fimiani yes, coming and- back as age as Marshall. Uh, Homer Knowlton. Yes, in one scene it's where he says, guy. U.S. Marshal, this boat is impounded. It doesn't belong <laughs> to you, Rick. It belongs to a lady in L.A. who just wants to get her calves stretched out. <laughs> it's just so... And nothing more. And just, nothing the, more. Despite yeah. what movies you might have seen suggesting otherwise. In the 80s, that's in right. In the 80s, yeah. That's right. Mag- that's, On VHS. Look, when when when, Mag- when Abraham Lincoln wrote the Magna Carta, he made mm-hmm. all the girl children free, as our one of our <laughs> yes. ladies tells us. Yes. And the Denimois, where it's the ladies attack the Yakuza, and then yeah. Magnum is throwing his lemons. It's, it's fine. It's Chekhov's lemon. You don't collect all yeah. those lemons. Oh, yeah. Is our good friend downtown Chekhov here to tell us about lemons, by the way? <laughs> when you see a lemon! Oh, here he is. Oh, it must oh. be grown! It must be! Oh. Rental car agencies do not give out lemons. It would be ridiculous. You must use them in the third <laughs> act. I think that was more of a French... Uh, <laughs> that was that was Toulouse-Lautrec, yeah, oddly enough. Yes, exactly. I, you know, he just he was fascinated by... Thank you, Lautrec! For clarifying and, my point, I also want to point tarts. out. I also want to point out in all the years in the in the glorious history of Magnum Podcast, mm. this is the first time <laughs> we've done an episode where Elisha Cook Jr. appears yes. on camera as ice, ice pick, and they're that, in a sauna, and I, in a sauna as you know you well and. And and that is actually a nice mirroring thing where Kanki is is in his sauna gear and and you know he's oh you are like a son to me and then Ice Pick is in yes. his sauna and going you're like a son to me yeah. Rick oh yeah that is a nice it's all there balance. and yet they didn't do anything with it yeah and I they know. didn't do anything and speaking of but, that I'd like to introduce a new oh. segment oh thank God that I'd like to call Elisha Cook the thief the wife and her lover. <laughs> This is a game show where I am going to name four characters, and you need to tell me whether it's Elisha Cook, the thief, the wife, or her lover. So, okay, uh, Jason, why don't we go first? All right, Wilmer the Gunsel from Maltese Falcon. Uh, That is Elisha Cook. That is correct. Very good, Jason. Very good. Uh, uh, So young. uh, So young. David, mm-hmm. uh, Johnny Clay in The Killing. Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to say The Thief. That is correct. It is not Elisha Cook's character. Rather, that is the character played by Sterling Hayden, as you would right. know if you right. watched um, or if you listened and, to an Old Movie Club. Oh, yeah. And I watched it for Old Movie Club. Mm-hmm. All right, Jason, it's it's to you. Okay. Liz Tory in Shane. The famous Western Shane. There is a character named Liz Tory. I'm going to guess might that be? his wife. That is correct. That is the wife. And um, 
Uh, David, to you, Stonewall mm-hmm. Tory, played by Elisha Cook Jr. Who could that be? I'm. Um, uh, oh wow. Mm-hmm. I got to think because that's it is a it, it is it is a troubling question. I mean. So many possibilities. I, I'm just. I'm gonna go with lover. Uh, you would be correct. We would her, have also. Ex- we would have also accepted Shane as her lover. Yeah. At well, I mean, at least she did. Yeah. She certainly did. Yes. We would have also accepted Shane, and that uh, concludes this thrilling episode of <laughs> Elisha Cook, the thief, the wife, and her lover. All right. Can't wait for that to come back the next time <laughs> Ice Cook appears yeah. in an episode. Uh huh. Oh, it must. It's it must. uh it's time for letters. <laughs> you can send us a letter. Magnum at the incomparable.com. You can send us a letter. This guy did. It's Maurice. Woo <laughs> <laughs> woo! Maurice wrote in. See, that? <laughs> See that's, a, that's a Steve Miller reference. All right. David got it. David okay. got it. Too hip for the room today, I guess. Uh, a little, yeah. little bit, apparently. Uh, Maurice says, oh, love the podcast. We're on a wavelength. Man. I wish the yeah. episodes were longer. Maurice, what is wrong with you? <laughs> no, Maurice. Take it. Don't do it. Take it back. You're, you're no space cowboy. <laughs> I was born five years after the show ended, but my parents were big fans, and I kind of grew up watching it. Um, the remake blows. I refuse oh. to watch it. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the first sensible thing you've said, Maurice. <laughs> I've got a few episode recommendations. Guys, write these down. Oh, no. Oh, okay. no. Yeah, All oh Roads no. Lead to he Floyd to is Blair. a fun season one episode with two hot blondes and Magnum drives a really tiny car. The dad from I the Rocket Files is I actually agree with that. That is, a, that is a fun yeah. Uh, first. Yeah. Yeah. First it season. has uh, Ian Bloom, who, who mm-hmm. was always enjoyable. Dream a Little Dream. It's a flashback episode with interesting stuff. Magnum's first case. Ferris Bueller's mom is the guest star, and the late, great Roger E. Mosley directed it. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's well. the only one he directed. No Need to Know is one of the best episodes from season one. The plot isn't silly like the typical Magnum episode, but it's enjoyable. And Brian Cranston's wife is the guest star. I love how Maurice, like everybody's wife and mom is in these episodes. This is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't don't want to say that that indicates any kind of proclivities. Nope. Just, you know. Mr. That's... White Death, Ernest Borgnine steals the show. It's a fun Well, episode. you had me at Borgnine, oh. quite yeah, honestly. Okay. Is uh, Tove in it? Because then... Bor- then it's Board a must-see. From Luther Gillis mm-hmm. File 001 is my favorite Luther episode. It's a buddy cop movie, but with Luther and Higgins, Magnus, Magnum basically narrates it and laughs at them. I I guess there's a Luther Gillis episode we haven't done. I, I, yeah, I, we, no, we, we, we have talked have about done, doing yeah. the, the I should have suggested that instead of the Love for Sailboat. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. I, mm. The Taking yeah. of Dick McWilliams. It's not a good episode, but the name is hilarious. That <laughs> Maurice, are you trying to be the Blair of the podcast? Hmm. When I saw the the taking of Dick McWilliams and the comment that, oh, it's a great name for an episode, it made me think a couple of years ago, Major League Baseball, again, Phil was talking about baseball, oh. did that thing where <laughs> uh, players got to like put funny names on the back of their jersey. I think they called it Players Weekend. Yep. And the um, the player, the pitcher, Rich Hill, uh, put the name Dick Mountain on yep. the back of his jersey. <laughs> And I thought that was glorious. And from now, every time I see Rich Hill pitch, and he's still pitching at the age of like 45 40. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. In his 40s now. And I, I say, oh, it's it's good old Dick Mountain. Dick Mountain. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, that was a good movie, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, this uh, last letter comes from Steve. And, Hi, Steve. And Steve writes. Steve Cannell? Please mm-hmm. do. Steve Lutz? What? I think it's Steve Stephen F. Brown. 
please do Old Acquaintance Season 6, Episode 3, Despots of Fake Countries, Dolphins with Bombs. Mm. Really enjoy the podcast. Thank you so much, Steve. See, this to me sounds like stolen boat geishas uh, Yakuza. <laughs> Right? I'm, I'm <laughs> sounds saying. great, doesn't it? It sounds it, great, but uh, season six... Uh, it's a little dicey. I mean... Which brings Mike us Nichols to my next segment, which is oh, called no. What Are We Watching Next Time? And the answer the is... No. Old Acquaintance! Oh, wow, no. the segments are overlapping. And- Steve... Oh. Your 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 ass is on the line, Steve. Okay. <laughs> you you just want to get out of the Blair box. I I know what's going on. Uh huh. That's right. Dolphins with bombs. I can't wait for it. It's going to be like a really great episode <laughs> of Riptide or something. I don't know. Ah, uh, well. <clears throat> sorry again for the love. Of show, but <laughs> I will wear I will wear the Blair hat for this week. Mm-hmm. But we'll be back next time with old acquaintance. You're on the clock, Steve. But until then, this has been the Magnum Podcast. I am Jason Snell. They are Philip Michaels and David J. Lore. Bye, guys. I, it, you know, I just want to say, I come with a free Julio Iglesias tape. Aren't you going to take your lemon? Magna Carta! Magnum Carta, thank you. We should end this episode with David and me throwing Jason into the water. <laughs> <laughs> Clap, rub hands, smile. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>